is the number one commodity in the world that you can't get back once it's gone. Time. So I will keep this brief. I'm Mutita Panmuk, a time efficiency expert and a business operations strategist, who is as known as the Time Queen. Welcome to my Get Unstuck Radio. Running a business can be very overwhelming at times, especially in the first few years when you are required to wear the hats and do all the things. You started your company because you had a vision that almost every business owner has when they begin. You wanted freedom, true freedom. So you are in the right place to help you build and grow your business that support your lifestyle, not the other way around. Without further ado, let's get unstuck. Hi, Get Unstuck Nation. So our guest today helps people feel emotionally safe, that they are able to look inward and be honest with themselves about what they see in themselves as the steps towards their personal growth. So please welcome Tanya Kolensnik, Personal Development Coaching and Retreat to Get Unstuck Podcast today. Hi, Tanya. Hi, Mutida. It's so exciting to be here and chatting with you. Yeah, exciting as well because I'm like, wow, Tanya, I really love your vibe. Like when I see the first time that I visit your website, I'm like, oh, this lady is really nice to talk to. Oh, thank you. So how how you started this journey? Like. <sighs> Yeah, how, how you yeah. even start coaching right away, like how this journey has started. Yeah, I, I've been on this journey for a long time and it's had a lot of twists and turns along the way. But at the very beginning when I was in my mid-20s, so that's more than 30 years ago now, I was struggling in my own life. I, I knew I wanted to get married and have kids one day. And I was really struggling to have a long-term love relationship. And it was very painful. And I think during that time, I just didn't understand what was in the way. I thought of going to therapy, but I dismissed it at first thinking, well, my problems weren't legitimate enough or people who go to therapy have some more serious kind of problems, but with a little time and still not able to have a long-term love relationship. I decided I didn't care. I just wanted help. And so I took that step and got connected to a wonderful therapist named Bonnie. And pretty early on, she suggested that I also add group therapy to the mix. So I kind of did both with her. I saw her individually and then I decided, I mean, it scared me. The idea of it scared me. The thought of being vulnerable with strangers scared me, but she thought it would be helpful and I really wanted things to change. So I took that step going in feeling very worried because I explained to myself why I thought maybe I was struggling to have a long-term love relationship. And so the story I was telling myself was perhaps I was in unlovable in some way. And so my fear was I'd get into this group situation, I'd share some of my concerns with people, and they would confirm that I was in fact unlovable. So that was sort of my fear going in. And there were tough moments sometimes. I mean, there was somebody in group that gave me feedback and he said that he could spot my neediness and that felt awful. And I felt very um, 
like I wanted to leave the group, but I gave it time and I got to know everybody in group and I realized that these people who I was starting to develop relationships with and I could see how amazing they were and they were struggling with their own insecurities that it put a little crack in my story. And I started to think, well, maybe it's not that I'm unlovable. Maybe this is, we all go to places where we worry about how we present ourselves in the world and try to understand things. And many of us can have a very harsh inner critic. And so when I went on that journey and started to release that story a bit and went out in the world with a softer focus on myself. I was much kinder to myself, much more compassionate with myself. I was showing up differently. And I could tell because people were starting to gravitate towards me in a way I hadn't experienced before, including men. And around that time, I met my who became my husband. I met a man who became my husband. And he and I, last September, celebrated our 31st wedding anniversary. We have two grown daughters. So this dream that I had happened. But in the process, what I didn't expect, because when I went into this whole therapy experience, I was a graphic designer at the time. And so what I didn't expect was that I was going to be so connected to that transformational journey in my own life that I wanted to be able to offer it to other people so that people didn't have to sit by themselves in some of the pain that I experienced and thinking that I was very flawed and not understanding really the human condition. And so I dedicated my life. I went back to school. I became a licensed clinical social worker and I did that work for a very long time, but then added coaching into the mix and have finally really evolved to doing personal development coaching. And I do a combination of groups and individual coaching. I have a, a program I call Activate Coaching, which is very customized and do retreats as well, because I think there's nothing like the power of in a safe space, sharing your inner worlds with other human beings and feeling supported, allowing yourself to be seen and seeing other people where you can kind of see yourself in other people as well. So that's the story. Oh, wow. Thank you for sharing that. I mean, um, I, yeah, I'm, I'm kind of like very impressed and inspiring from your story. I'm thinking along because I actually, I have been with, uh, wait, let me, let me gather the, the storyline on my head. Um, I have been in the, I have been on medication for a really long time and my friend suggested me to go to therapy and I was like, I didn't have problem to talk to anyone. Mm. I just stress that I work, you know, uh -huh, uh -huh. I had, I had a therapy before, but like it's usually would last six sessions, 12 sessions, you know, and then it's done. Yeah. And it was for some specific reason and it never mm. been like a group session like you mentioned. Yeah, it it actually sparking me to think, and I remember every time that I go to any type of like retreat or any like breakaway kind of thing, it's mm. opened my mind that I return home being a different person. Really, mm. I could see myself in a different eyes, different lens. Like that's yeah. real from what I you just mentioned. Yeah, I mean, you see yourself differently. You. See 
see other people and realize you're not alone. I would say that's probably the biggest thing about group is as you know, all of us are navigating this human journey. And when we can so often think, oh, we're struggling more than the rest of the people out there, why do they have such an easier time? But then when we share some of the ins and outs of the inside stuff, we realize, oh, it's so similar. We all really kind of have some similar struggles, pain points. Mm, that makes sense. So let's go deeper into it. Yeah, I'm very interested in this. So first of all, is there any difference between therapy sessions and coaching? I think the real difference is coaching is more, it's, it's almost like the difference between um, physical therapy and personal training. So um, therapy is really about healing some places inside you that are wounded and that you want to learn more about, connect to the stories that you bring from your past and understand and get to a place where you understand yourself and can ground yourself and are not so raw. And then coaching is more action focused and not that you don't look back and understand some of your stories, but you take that more quickly as information to help you move forward. How do you continue to move towards the things that you want? What are the, some of the things in your way? So there's so much overlap and similarity, but the therapy part is more focused on the healing, whereas the coaching part is more forward move, movement. That's why it's go along well together because you're also fixing the path and also pave the way to future in a better way. Yeah, yeah. Ah, so what usually you see as a like limiting belief or the block of people, you already start touching on that already. But like myself, I, I really see myself in you when you just started because mm -hmm. I am the kind of person who like stick with myself working almost every day in yeah. a room I have my monitor as a friend and my team i'm not that looking bad anyone who listening here but it's not that bad i have my family and my dog but you know so the life of entrepreneur is not that easy yeah. Yeah. anyone knows um but what is it that people usually have as a mental block when they say like i don't need anyone to speak with or, yeah kind of block oh. them to be a better person of themselves. Mm. Yeah, I mean, I think people don't want to identify their struggles as serious problems. They want mm. to, you mean, why are people hesitant to maybe mm -hmm. get support from either a coach or a therapist? Yeah, I, I think there's some of that. There's certainly, even though the stigma is so much better than it was, there's still some stigma connected to ad deciding you need help. I think it's such a strength to be able to say, I'm going to reach out, get this support so I can move forward. I'm going to look at those these parts of myself so I can continue to grow and do some of the hard stuff. But sometimes people, I think, feel that by admitting that they might benefit from help that somehow it's a weakness mm. and it's not that easy to ask for help though yeah. for certain area i mean because on one way people can look at you that oh why well, you don't do it by yourself 
And on mm-hmm. the other way, why why do you need help with even? Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah. Even to identify, right? If we look back at my story. I wasn't feeling like that's what people go for help with, but it absolutely is. I mean, you know, many of my clients have some similar struggles to what I experienced when I was going through mine. And not to say that I'm done having struggles. I'm, you know, still have my own journey and revisit some of the things that come up again as I'm going through other parts of my life. But um Yeah, there was something. What I was going to comment on is that family and culture are a big part of this as well. There are certain cultures that really don't um, think that coaching and therapy is what we do. We don't do that. Families, some families also, it's not in the fabric of the families. And then there are other families and cultures that are much more open to it. And certainly this generation that are sort of coming into adulthood now are so much more comfortable with the idea. Podcasts like yours, I think, are doing such a huge thing for our world by opening up this kind of conversation conversation and make it taking some of the stigma out taking some of the fear out of it and so I think that's part of it too I've definitely worked with people who have said things to me like oh my family doesn't get it they don't understand or I don't feel comfortable telling anybody I know for myself early on I didn't tell anybody that I was going to therapy because I I may have told I think my family but I didn't tell friends because I was so uncomfortable about what I felt the stigma was I felt some shame about it and it you know it took me a long time it was interesting on my website I have a little documentary that I made of this story that I shared with you about my own journey and it was just such a full circle moment for me to realize I'm here making a story of something that I used to feel unsafe to talk about. And now I'm, you know, making it as a piece of art that I want to put out there in the world. So it just felt like such a big deal to be coming around and being able to share something that I used to have a lot of shame about. Mm. That sounds wonderful, isn't it? Like turning your weakness into your strength, actually. Yeah. Yeah. It's it's to see a situation from a different perspective. It's always, that is actually winner lens every time. Like, how can you see opportunities in the situations? That's how I see it. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And I think that that is when it's sort of something that you're experiencing, it's safe to say you're not alone. And I think, you know, I was talking about that from a group perspective, but just in general about pain points, whatever it is that I've experienced in terms of pain points, I can always find somebody that can relate on some level, which is what I love about retreats and groups, um, or just even putting my messaging out there in the world, because I know that many of the things that I talk about are things that people can really resonate with on a deep level. Mm, Yeah. But here's the thing. I know that some people will think like me. It's not everyone, though, that we can speak with. (laughs) You know, right? It's not everyone. 
yeah, how can we know that the stranger that we just met for the first day would be a good fit? Yeah, that's, I mean, it's so important. I think it's so important to, if you are reaching out and wanting to connect with somebody and taking that step that we've already talked about how hard that can be, absolutely. And then when you're sharing some of those more vulnerable parts, it's got to feel emotionally safe to do that. And so I think that there's a little bit of interviewing people can be a way if you if you are feeling like you want to get some support and you don't it's a big step and you're not sure and you want to make sure you feel comfortable with somebody and some of that is on a gut level you may just have a conversation and feel instantly connected that's great or instantly safe that's great but certainly it doesn't always go that way and if you're coming into it with feeling some shame or some worry about having a conversation at all it may almost be irrelevant of who's on the other end you may be having your own sort of feelings pop up of anxiety or worry about just sharing that and you don't need to jump in and share all the vulnerable parts right away. But I think give it time, trust your gut. Who do you feel comfortable with? Who do you feel safe with? And an honest conversation about that could be great. I know not everybody would feel safe enough to even say that, but maybe letting somebody know that you want to spend, you're spending a little time and you're trying to, find who you connect with and you're exploring. And for me, I offer a free 20 minute um, discovery session really for that purpose so that somebody can talk to me and, you know, there's no financial investment. It's just a time investment at start at the start and they can really check in, see how it feels to have a conversation with me. And then the hope would be leaving that conversation, some clarity, and so the clarity could be, hmm, I don't think she's the best fit. And that's helpful, whether or not somebody is ruling somebody out or feeling like, all right, I feel safe enough to go to this next step. But to really start to develop your um, intuition, the, the tool of kind of your body knowing what resonates. And I think that that's a really helpful tool to be able to nurture. Yeah, I understand that. And something that you mentioned is very important is give it some time. Yeah. I think another thing that uh, I see in the movie, though, there are many scenes that uh, the, the, the main characters, they get aha moments when they get into group therapy. There are many scenes, especially those investigation movies. I love them. So... <laughs> <laughs> so uh i think that sometimes if you are in rush in things and it's not yet the time to change it may not the right time even you may have to learn something before that mm, yeah yeah i think that's a great point and even just seeking out those aha moments they don't always come when we want them to come it would be great oh, wow. if you're like Oh, I get it now. My perspective has shifted. And I think there is a fantasy about coaching and therapy where, 
oh, you'll have that aha moment. And then from that point on, it's like a smooth sailing experience. Then you just know what you need and you just make all those changes and then life is great. And I don't see, I mean, I think aha moments are great and they certainly can come. Um, but I think that being in those spaces where you're allowing yourself to keep checking in, keep learning from yourself about what comes up. I think what one thing that people don't understand about group is that it's not really about the other people. I mean, it is a bit, you, you, you don't want, it's helpful to know you're not alone. The connections that get built are really powerful. We celebrate each other. There's a lot of lovely things, but we also learn about what bubbles up inside of us as we're connecting and hearing from other people. So to be on that journey, you will have aha moments but you might not have it on the day that you're hoping you're going to have it. And it may not lead to smooth sailing. Sometimes things get worse before they get better. Meaning I'll give you an example from my own life. One of the limiting beliefs that I've had to really work on and still stay mindful about probably always is my people pleasing tendencies. And that's actually not the limiting belief. That's the behavior. The limiting belief is that people will abandon me if I'm not nice and agreeable. And so that's the message that I was carrying and what that would prompt me to do would be to say yes, even if I was tired, or be accommodating, even if it wasn't convenient for me. I wouldn't check in with myself first. I would see what the other person needed from me first, that kind of behavior. And so um, that can be really exhausting. And I'm not so on that journey, it had a bit of a life of its own until I recognized it. And then when I recognized that was in the way, the way to take care of myself and honor myself was to start to say no, to not be so accommodating. And that, in terms of things getting worse before they got better, that brought up anxiety. It still can sometimes if I'm saying no, but I feel it's somebody I usually say yes to or something like that. And so it can it can be really uncomfortable to start taking some of these steps that you're realizing will honor you and your heart more than how you've been living. It's like going from the unconscious to the more conscious. And so yeah, so that's just really to speak about that smooth sailing idea that like, oh, I'll figure it out and then I'm on this new path and everything's great. It's not how it works. Yeah, I agree. And sometimes the aha moment is not the right aha moment that you were getting into at the very first place. It could be something that you were thinking for a very long time and you're just like, oh, I just got it. I have been thinking about it for a very long time. You know, mm -hmm. just connecting mm -hmm. the dots suddenly. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, for sure. Yeah. And, and, you know, it ultimately, there are things that become better about your life. I don't want to just suggest that, oh, it's this really hard journey, end of story. I think it's complicated. And there's a lot of layers to it. And so there might be moments of smooth sailing, there might be moments of things unfolding in an easier way than you imagined. But there's a very likely also going to be things that are really feel a lot bring up a lot of feelings in your body and so 
talking about limiting belief and um, the behavior or patterns, you mentioned that energetic clutter. Like, how do you gather this energetic clutter? Yeah. I cannot say it correctly. Energetic clutter, yeah. So energetic clutter was something actually that I came up with <clears throat> maybe a year ago or so. So it's fairly new. And I literally was cleaning out my kitchen cabinets when I came <laughs> up with that idea because I was pulling out spices in the kitchen cabinets that had been in there for so long that I had not used in so long, but they were taking up space. And so I, as I was realizing there was no use for them and taking up space and clearing some of that out, I was also thinking about the limiting beliefs is what I work on with my clients all the time, limiting beliefs. What are some of these ideas that they're holding on to that are taking up some space, but also that are driving the show? Like if you have a limiting belief underneath something like the one I shared with you about people will abandon me, it, it will um, drive some of your behavioral choices, behaviors, certain behavioral patterns got put in place to begin with, usually in childhood, usually. And that's something that got put in place. When we're young, it gets put in place and then it just becomes a way of life. And if we don't question them, they'll just keep going and it can be really exhausting and depleting. It was exhausting to keep saying yes to other people and not pay attention to what I needed, what my body needed, what would be a better connection to my heart and all of that. And so I realized that my definition of energetic clutter is it's all the things that take up space, uh, like our focus, our energy, and um, I guess just space in our psyches, but they're not helping us move the needle towards growth or how we want to feel or meaning in some way. And so I think I've been in when I've been coaching somebody, they can get stuck on a story, maybe from their past or something where they go round and round with that story, but it's not bringing them anywhere new. They're spending a lot of time focusing on it and thinking about it, but it's not bringing them anywhere new. And so we try and get underneath that story. What's the story about? And why are you kind of stuck on that story, You're right? Like your podcast, right? So why are they stuck on that story? And helping them understand there's probably something underneath that's gripping them, that's keeping them engaged in the story. And when we can start looking underneath and naming that, then there can be an interruption of some of these like automatic pilot, some of these places that we go without even thinking. And so it can be like, oh, I'm doing that thing. Um, so I talked about the people pleasing behaviors and the worry that I would be abandoned. I made a little animation. I know you said you had a chance to look at it. And in that, I talk about seven common limiting beliefs. There are more, there are tons and really probably an infinite number, but the seven that I listed are very common and many people share those and they're all nuanced because we, we develop them from our families and our cultures and they're all nuanced. But um, yeah, so that's the idea of limiting beliefs. I mean, I'll just say a couple more. One is that you have to hustle for your worth. 
And so somebody who has that limiting belief is going to be a do, do, doer person and not allow themselves to rest, not allow themselves to stop and feel nervous that they're going to miss some important task that they need to do or opportunity that they might otherwise have had if they stop. So that's another one. Um, Sometimes people believe that these big goals and dreams that they have for themselves are just not in the cards for them. That's They're not enough to reach those, and that's for other people, but not for them. So those are examples of some of the limiting beliefs that people can have. And then the energetic clutter would be the space that that takes up and the behaviors that are paired with those beliefs that are sort of just ongoing until you know to look at them and pause them and take some steps towards making some changes. Is there any simple self-care that you would suggest to our audience right here that they can start taking care of themselves so that they can be better at themselves? Yeah, Yeah, I'm so glad you asked that question because I'm a real believer in the most simple, smallest, incremental steps, including self-care. And just to start asking the question is huge, to celebrate each little thing. I do something throughout the day, um, multiple times a day. I'll just check in with myself. What do you want? What do you need throughout the day? But especially if I start to feel a little overwhelmed in my day, if I start to catch myself struggling to know what to focus on and what I need to do, that to me, that's a sign that I probably need a rest. And so I do a daily check in with myself. What do you want? What do you need? And it's just a thought. It's just, how you doing? You know, and then I make a decision. So sometimes it could be deciding the task and then taking everything else off the table. So I don't keep thinking of all the other things or I reconnected to doing puzzles recently. Having different things that can ground you, I think is so helpful and powerful and giving yourself 10 minutes for that kind of thing. So I have a puzzle sitting on the table in the other room. And so sometimes when I'm starting to feel a little bit more revved up about what I want to accomplish in a day, I calm myself back down. Breath is an amazing thing to sort of drop back down in your body. I might do 10 minutes on the puzzle and kind of have a reset from that and and starting to develop for each of us, starting to develop what are some of the lists, lists, the items that you could put on your own list that are grounding because they can be very specific. Um, the young woman that does some marketing for me loves the Sims game, which I've never played in my whole life. But to her, that's one of her forms of self-care. It's really grounding for her. And she makes sure to do that periodically as a way to ground herself. I have my dog is sleeping (laughs) a few feet away from me and he is my little buddy. And so I, if I'm feeling stressed sometimes, I'll just pet him and make eye contact with him. And that can just help ground me Um, going outside, even just for a few minutes, walking, even just for a few minutes. I often talk to clients about just getting up and splashing water on their face, not because it just because it will interrupt a moment. So if you're in a moment and you're starting to feel yourself getting stressed or getting revved up, 
doing something physical to help you interrupt that moment can really be helpful and bring you back into your body. Because usually if we're getting revved up, we're in our heads. We're not in our bodies in that moment. Or if we're in our our bodies, are, our nervous systems are most likely activated when we're sort of in that more frenzied kind of pace. So I love just little 10 minute, not even one minute sometimes, focusing on your breath for one minute can make a difference. Pausing can make a difference. And so I love all of those. But I think it's helpful to have a list for yourself because sometimes when you're in that moment, it's hard to process. And so it might be hard to even think of some of those simple things and decide what to do in your mind that can just kind of get swirled into some of what's getting revved up in you. And so if you have a little list that you can just look at and um, pick something off the list, that can be really helpful. So in case anyone wants to learn more from you or work with you, where can they reach out to you then? Yeah, um, if somebody connects to me, um, my website really has all the information. So you can schedule a discovery session there. It can connect you to my Instagram. The animation and the little documentary that we talked about both live on my website. Um, the easier to remember URL is clearenergeticclutter.com. Okay, so I will make sure that we will insert that in the video and also around here and the description as well as the show notes. So everyone will know how to declutter your mind at least and get through the day without feeling fussy. So yeah. you know what to do next. So yeah, thank you so much, Tanya, to sharing these simple things that I think life feel easier after talking to you actually. Yeah, oh, I, I think it feels simpler. Yeah. Oh, that's like the best compliment you could ever give me. I appreciate that. And thank you, Mutida. It's been great to chat with you about all of this. Yeah, thank you. And have a great day ahead. Thank you. You too. I hope this episode inspired you to get unstuck wherever you are in your journey so that you can have your business that supports your lifestyle. Get a show notes at www.getunstuck.com today. Start implementing what you have learned. The results of your consistent effort and improvement are worth it because you deserve the freedom to enjoy your life. Speak to you next time and don't forget to get unstuck.